right, all right, all right. What's going on, friends and family? Thank you so much for joining Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, I want to start off by thanking you guys so much for all the love and support that you guys have shown to the show. You guys keep me going, keep me motivated. Um, I have found a love in doing podcasting. I get to meet and talk to all kinds of great people, and it's putting me in touch with some really cool stuff. Also, if you guys are interested, I mean, who's not interested in some free stuff, right? I do got some stickers. Uh, it's going to be hard to see the light, but I have some, like a little bit of holographic and then some vinyl type stickers. If you are interested and you would like some free stickers, let me know. Just message me, you know, uh, through whatever someone means. Email me, Facebook, one of those ways. Just let me know you're interested. I will send you some free stickers. All right, guys. Well, you know what? Today's another great day. We got another great interview. My next guest joined the United States Air Force right out of high school in 1986. After some medical issues were identified while he was in basic, he would then be medically discharged and then headed down to Texas, working with some big name ranches. After a couple years of doing that, he headed out to Wyoming where he would become a part of the sheriff's department working in the gang task force and would find himself tired of the politics after seven years. He then headed back to Nebraska where he is a preacher and runs a nonprofit called Deuce Outfitters Ministry where they heal heroes through the message of the cross and hunting. Let's meet Chris Kinnis, also known as Preach. Hey, hey, how you doing today? All right, all right. What's going on, Preach? How we doing, man? It's another Saturday. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Every day's a day gone Saturday, man. Uh, right. At least in my world, darn it. <laughs> but how's Preach doing, man? Uh, I'm glad to see you. You know what, man? I've actually seen you on a couple podcasts. And, uh, you know, I know you got a great story to share with us and, you know, what you're doing out there. It's, uh, you know, uh, impacting the, the veteran community and first responders as well. And uh, we appreciate you, Preach. But uh, give us a little bit of a spill about yourself. I don't know. I mean, I uh, like you said at the opening, you know, in 86, I, I was it went into the Air Force and my uh, – my heart was to go into pararescue and uh, that's what my goal was. And uh, about halfway through uh, some medical issues were identified and they were like, you never should have made it through MEPS. What are you doing here? <laughs> Idios. So, uh, you know, I was in my early 20s and I was, um, I grew up around horses, cattle, you know, that's the, the area where we live is agriculture. So um, I'd been a feedlot cowboy around home and decided I wanted something better. So went down to Texas where they have good horses. It, you know, I mean, really good horses. Not that we don't have good horses here, but and uh, went to work for a couple of cutting horse outfits and uh, ended up landing at uh, Mark Chestnut cutting horses in Whitesboro, Texas. And I was down there for quite a little while and um, just got homesick, was ready to, to step out of that. And I came back home and cowboyed here for a little bit. And I have no idea how I ended up in law enforcement, but I did. Um, 
went to work in Goshen County as a deputy sheriff and got picked up. Myself and my captain got uh, recruited to the U.S. Marshals. And uh, I started working the National Gang Task Force. And I did that for uh, seven, eight years. And I just got tired of politics, you know, like with everything. They're as bad as the government is and the military and their politics. And uh, ended up uh, moving to Nebraska. My dad was involved in a real bad motorcycle accident. And they are up there in age. And so I moved back down to Nebraska so I could help out with him. And uh, let's see here. Went to, uh, I was working for the railroad. Spent quite a bit of time there. Met my wife. Um, we started a commercial outfitters business. Got tired of the politics and that. Everybody just, everybody thinking that, you know, they were entitled to a bag limit or entitled to a trophy harvest, you know, and it's just like, this is hunting. This isn't a hot fence. This isn't what this is. And even then, and we were putting bottles in people's hands. That was the, the main goal of it. Um, but, you know, I was dealing with my own demons from my past. Um, drugs, alcohol, pornography, promiscuity. Um, you know, at any given time during, during the first three years of Jay's in my marriage, she could have walked out and divorced me and nobody would have blamed her because I was pretty much a dirtbag. Um, but she didn't. She led me back to Christ. And people ask her all the time, well, why didn't you cut bait and run? And she's like, God told me he had a plan for us. And that plan was to do Southfitters ministry and so in 2015, we started doing this full-time, and I didn't want to go into ministry full-time. I fought God tooth and nail, and you never win that wrestling match. And uh, so I ended up being becoming a, an ordained pastor. And uh, here we are, you know, 2023. Um, we got our 501c3 in 2017. Um since 2015, we posted 315 veterans from across the country. But, uh, you know, myself and, and our board of directors, um, at the end of 2022, we had a meeting. And, you know, 315 is great from across the country, but we weren't getting anybody from Nebraska. Um and uh, we just figured that we needed to incorporate something different and uh, visited with a lady. Her name is Amanda Held. She's the founder of Hooves out of Ohio, which is an equine therapy program and process. And visited with her, told her what we were about. And she said she'd love to get involved with us and, and certify us. So we'd be, you know, our, the ministry would be a a certified uh, facility as well as, you know, our, uh, our team would be certified as well. And uh, we talked about it as a, as a team and everybody agreed that that's the way to go because equine therapy is a proven, has a proven track record in, in dealing with these 
post-war afflictions, you know, and, and not only with our veterans in active duty, but even with first responders, you know, um, police, fire department, um, even, even rescue, you know, unit drivers, you know, they, the, my demons all came from when I was in law enforcement. And so I saw some pretty wild stuff that, that really did a number on me, but, uh, you know, it, uh, horses have a calming effect. They're a lot like a dog and, but in order to, for, to get a horse to engage you, number one, they're a prey animals. So trust isn't a real big factor with them. And so you have to earn that. And one, you do that by being transparent with your feelings and your emotions and your mental state, because, you know, a horse is so sensitive that it can feel a fly land on its back. And, and so that's the kind of thing that, I mean, they're very, very sensitive. They can pick up on those things. And, uh, you know, that's, we figured we need to start addressing the veterans in our own backyard and, you know, by doing, by incorporating an, an equine healing program and being certified, we'd be the only certified nonprofit in Nebraska of, according to what we do, um, you know, incorporating the, the, uh, the art therapy, the, the hunting and then the, the equine healing program as well. So, um, that would allow us, you know, it's, it's going to allow us to really be a hub because we'll be able to work with all of Nebraska, Northern Kansas, Northern Colorado, um, Eastern Wyoming and, and Southern South Dakota, because it are so close to all of those States. And so we'll be able to make a major impact with those right away. Um, currently we're just in the process of, trying to raise the down payment, which is about $300,000. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of everything in a, in a nutshell. So you have something to go off of and ask questions and, and, you know, we can go from there. Yeah, man. So, you know, what was the actual big inspiration of doing the, the Alf, Deuce Outfitters ministry? I mean, um, just the suicide epidemic, you know, we lose more veterans and active duty military to suicide per day than what we've ever lost per day during a, a conflict or wartime or, or however you want to define that. And that's just not acceptable. You know, somebody's and what you know, and, and Steiner and I have talked and, and our board of directors and, and I've been on a few podcasts and I think we all are kind of in that agreement that grassroots nonprofits are the ones that are going to do it because it's not about chasing the dollar for us. You know, we're not multi-million dollar nonprofits. We're mom pa the majority majority of us are all mom pa operations that are doing it because we have a love for our veterans and our military and our first responders and they matter to us and what's happening with you know with with our veterans that are 
exville from the military they're they're not being prepped to deal with society and the rules of society and the engagement with society and nobody really is standing in the gap to help them you know so that's that's where we're at you know where you get these you know mom pa nonprofits and they're not all not, um faith-based like us it's just that every one of our board of directors has gone through our program every one of them is a veteran every one of them has struggled with with suicide and jesus is the one that delivered them from that place you know um because obviously what the va is doing it don't work i mean if it worked we wouldn't be looking at 150 veterans a day active duty military a day taking their own lives that's just yeah. unacceptable it's, in some cases uh it could be agitated by the va uh some of the situations um you know when when sometimes when veterans speak there comes consequences maybe in their eyes it, you know in their eyes when they speak up about something they get put down a whole ringer of things and and sometimes that's more of a trigger to them because speaking for me you know they constantly just want me to can't constantly just talk about the same thing over and over and over it's like oh you did you talk to another therapist well yeah but i mean it's the kind of the same thing you know i think i'm getting more help honestly by talking to my fellow veterans and other people that have been there and gone through it with me than sitting here going to you know well the, the thing is is why would you revisit the past right why would constantly. you revisit what is constantly causing the demons to come and that are causing the issues that you're having yeah i mean that that whole concept doesn't even make sense to me Right. You know, what we're trying to do is get you to forget about that past, leave it there because it's done, it's over with, and nothing good is going to come out of revisiting it. So, you know, it, that's what this is about, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, a veteran just wants somebody to listen to them and, and to, to know that they legitimately care they're not doing it for a paycheck and they're, they're not doing it to be nosy because, you know, the last thing that a veteran wants to, wants to really hear from me is, well, tell me about your experiences. <laughs> right. Why? That's yeah. just me being nosy. Sure. You know, and, and that isn't it. I don't need to know that to know that there's damage and open wounds there. And, and sometimes I'll be honest with you, that alone, that question alone puts up a guard for some Absolutely. people, you know, and, and it automatically is like, oh, shit, now they're prying. Here we go you know? again. And, yeah. And, you know, when you're dealing with veteran, the veteran community in general, uh, a lot of them are very, they don't trust. They, 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 have, they have a lack of trust. And, 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 and as well, they should. Yeah, and as you know, and everybody wants to sit there, pry, 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 and then next thing you know, they say something wrong. Their weapons are being taken away from them, or you know, this or that. They can't do this now. They're they can't drive. They can't do this, and now they feel like their freedoms are being what they went and actually fought for. Their freedoms yeah. are getting ripped from them. You know, one by one Absolutely. by one. 
you know, like, well, this is happening. Well, here, here's a pill for this, but now you can't do this, this or that. And now yeah. we need to take this from you. You know, it's like, well, I mean, that's I the mean, part that it, it gets to be a little bit. Why, uh, why does it take 30 pills a day to treat? Sure. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, and, and not only that, but man, what kind of damage is that doing internally to Absolutely. your organs? You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we're putting a bandaid over this, that, or the other, but yeah. uh, you're not absolutely not fixing things. You know what I mean? So, what um, I have found is when we get a veteran out in the duck blind, you get a veteran sitting on a ridge glassing for deer or turkey. Yeah, you know, I've had the opportunity, one of my board of directors and my wife has a TBI and my grandson just went through major trauma with the loss of his mama. Um, we lost our next youngest daughter, you know, mm. five, six weeks ago. Um, it was amazing to see the response that these animals, cause we went, we went to a place called mantles wild horse ranch and they provide the horses for nonprofits like what we're doing. But to see my vice president, my president, and my grandson interact with these animals and for these animals to respond to them the way that they did. I mean, I had horses sticking their heads through, you know, openings just to be able to wrap their head in their neck around my wife and around my grandson to let them know I got you. And isn't that what all of us want to hear is I got you and know that that's true. Yeah. I mean, and I especially, think that... especially if you've been in the military, you know, yeah, the military is based on, I've got you, you've got the guy on your left and I, the guy that's to my right has me. That's I got your six, right? That, Yes, that's the concept. That's the mentality. That's where trust, that's what trust is based off of. And now, you know, coming out of the military, you don't have that because society is all about what do I stand to gain or I'm going to lay the screws to you so I get ahead. I'm sorry, I wasn't brought up that way. Yeah. My granddaddy brought me up to you take care of the widows and the orphans. That's what you do. You be a good man. Yeah. So, you know, that's in a nutshell, that's what, what it's all about is just us wanting to impact lives to the point to where the temptation to gnaw on the end of a nine millimeter is removed because they trust either me or one of my team members enough to call us at three o'clock in the morning and know that we're going to answer the phone and that they're not going to be told, well, let me get back to you. I'm tied up. No, you know, that's what the VA does. You can't get a mental health appointment without having to wait three months. And if you need if you need a mental health appointment, you need it today. Yeah. If you're battling demons, you you need that help today. And you and being put on the back burner is not an answer. 
No, that happens a lot, man. And uh, you know, it, it's, uh, that's one of the bigger problems. And, and I do know that in some senses, like at least I can say from my own experience, what I've gone through, um, they've gotten better and, and that's, that's the hopeful part is they got better, but it's taken so many years and where the problem is, is we've gotten better, but we're still not great, you know, and that's where we got to get to when, the, when the they, that's... they throw out an average number of 22, which we all do know that that's just a, a, a number that's a to market of, yes. and, and, and everything of that. It's a, it's a marketing number. It's, yeah. it's something that people can make money off of. It's a, something, you know, they can market, but it, the, the number far exceeds that sometimes. I mean, far exceeds it. So Nebraska right now, um, Steiner and I, and, and I was talking to another friend of mine that has a nonprofit and we're comfortable with saying that Nebraska is losing 200 veterans a year. That's just out of Nebraska. And Nebraska is not that big of a state. You know, in I comparison mean, to like a California where I yeah. live and, and other, uh, you know, like Florida and some of those states, Texas. But uh, no, I mean, Montana. that's a, that's still a very, very big number. I mean, just yeah, in Nebraska. It's, it's just like one is too many. It is. And to disrespect our veterans by making light of the situation the way that the VA does, that's the part that pisses me off. Let's just be transparent and be real. Quit worrying about the blowback you're going to get for being honest. Yep. And not only that, but sometimes it's, you know, they, you know, they want to keep pounding and pounding down on your military experience, which, you know, a lot of, of a lot of the, that's probably what of a lot of us have issues with. And then there's after that, when we come home, then we have to deal with life triggers, things that put you in those kind of situations. And sometimes that could be your spouse if you're not in a good marriage or if you're in a bad situation. And so um, then, you know, they have a failed marriage or a failed uh, relationship. And then, boom, that spins them down of the whole path of I'm a failure, I'm no good. And then if they married or they had a bad spouse that just badgers them and then, uh, verbally or physically, mentally abuses them, uh, and 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 Dude, I, I mean at that rate you can't take it. You know what I mean? And I know I've been in I mean, situations like that. Right, me too. I got my second I, wife in bed with my yeah. best friend. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I saw so I got my first serious? wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but and it, and boy, I tell you what, man, it's it's it that stuff right there sends you down your PTSD and everything just heightens. And I'm a firm believer, man, when your mental state is not in a good place, that's when you're bound to make the most bad decisions, regrets, and and, and just do things that you're like, gosh, damn, why did I do that? Well, because man, you were, you were ill. You were, you were not, you know, you were not well, you weren't, you didn't have a temperature or something like that, but you were ill mentally. And that puts us in bad places that makes us Absolutely. do bad things you know and and the sad thing is is they are convinced that by taking their own life that's the answer to the problem but it's not 
Right. You know, they tell themselves my family would be better off. My wheelhouse would be better off. They don't realize that the ripple effect that it has, it rips through the families. And, and I've told people this on our on previous podcasts, but one out of every three kids that has a parent that's a veteran that commits suicide falls into the the risk of suicide themselves one out of right. every three that's yeah. 33% of the kids in our country that's huge in itself and and right now the leading cause of death in teenagers is suicide yeah it so, it, it, it sucks man i mean and it's and it's hard it, it's rough and it, the the part that it, it gets me, I guess, too, is this stuff isn't new. It's just that it's just no. way more. It's way more in front of our face because we. It's more accessible. So that's the concerning part to me, man. Is yeah. How how have we allowed this to get away? We go make epidemics about this, that, or the other, but we because don't want to go talk about the 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 suicide because even at that point in time, lie. people have to start saying well shit we're failing our people right you're, you're starting to it fail shines your people a light on the va's failures it shines right. a light on the bureaucrats failures it shines a light on the military's failures and do you think anybody in either th- in any three of those bodies is going to stand up and take accountability for being a for failing Unfortunately, the that's that are, the world gave them the right to sit where they're at, eating yeah. bonbons and sucking on a cigar all day. See, unfortunately, that's the world that we live in, though, is there, there's no accountability and no one wants to take ownership. And nope. so that's the that's how you, that's how problems don't get fixed, because in order for you to fix a problem, you have to identify and accept that. Either you failed or something you did failed or something of that nature. That's the only way you'll be able to change it. Because Absolutely. if you go in with the same mindset when it failed, chances are, man, it's going to do the Absolutely. same. You're going to get well, the same it's just result. Like, you know, it's just like getting the veteran to verbally acknowledge, yes, I have mental health issues. I'm going to say 90% of veterans won't won't verbally acknowledge it. Yeah, because you're, you're right. we're war fighters. You know, we've we've seen stuff that would make babies and mothers toes curl backwards. And and so, you know, you you talk to a, a war fighter that's at the top of his game in the top of his field. And if he says anything about there being any mental health issues, head trauma, they're jerked off their team. Now, if you're the very best at what you do, where you're at, are you going to accept that? Heck no. Why would I let you do something that's going to, that's going to affect my team plus affect me? That ain't going to happen. The other side of that coin is, is if you haven't claimed it while you're active, you can't claim it when you're inactive, when you've retired or or what have you in order to get the benefits for it. So what do you do? You know, there's such a stigma about it. 
that it drives me nuts. The reality of it is, is probably 95% of all of creation, every man, woman, and child is taking a ding biscuit. I know I do. I can't go to Walmart without feeling so much anxiety. I feel like I'm going to puke and my heart's going to jump out of my chest. And it's worse if I don't take it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's just about addressing the elephant that's sitting in the corner. Well, you let's see, be let honest with each other. Let's too. be transparent. Um, yeah. I will tell you this for, um, and I, cause I cannot really speak for the, the generation of now. Um, I can just speak from my own experience. So when I got home from, you know, being in a combat zone in a, you know, in 2003, uh, got ready to get out in 2004, um, the military, I hate to say it, but when you're getting out, they can give a shit about you at that point. In time Absolutely. Because you're, you're not there to serve them anymore. Um, so yeah, their answer when they start to decompressing you is giving you 30 days of no job. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, you know, so yeah, it's like, here's uh you, you saved up some extra time. You get some extra time off. Um, but man, for one, when I left, right. I didn't know what PTSD even what I didn't even know what PTSD even was. Right. I didn't know what that was didn't know what the feeling of it was any of that right um until i experienced it one day um walking from uh, getting out of the movie theater uh, me and a buddy we were walking back to our car and i mean this was probably uh early 2004 when i'm just about ready to get out and i had been home for a couple months now and uh, just walking and all of a sudden this amtrak went by and it made me like black out and just might go cold, like, like a cold sweat. I couldn't even express like what I was going through. Uh, and I like, just like paused and like blacked out and my, my buddy's like, what's up, man? What's, and I'm just like, I couldn't even talk. I felt like, uh, I was just frozen up, man. And I didn't have no idea what I was going through. Right. And, and so the way that we grew up, a lot of us like back in the eighties and nineties is like, uh, that, that whole suck it up and you know you're a bitch oh, yeah, if you, you you know you talk about stuff so you know i'm good bro i'm good no fucking no, you know no, don't worry you know i'm like i'm good you know after i walk off walk out of that can't explain to anybody what i just went through i couldn't even explain it to myself so to speak um but there it is man then all of a sudden it just slowly but surely everything like the walls around me felt like they were always starting to cave in when I would be out and about. And I always felt like something was going to happen. I just, yeah. uh, or, you know, just, or looking out at the exits and looking at making sure I've got my back to the wall. I'm still, I do this every day. I still, still do. Yeah, my absolutely. wife knows when we go out, if we go out, how we sit, you know what I mean? Or where we sit type absolutely. of deal. Absolutely. Um, but I, 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 I know it now uh, and I, and I'm aware, well aware of, the things that I go through now and I'm able to talk myself better through it. But had I maybe had a better education of that kind of stuff when I was getting out and then give more of a shit about me as I was getting ready to leave, maybe things could have been different for me and I wouldn't have had so many badass things that went down. Cause I mean, my gosh, dude, I had a domino effect of issues just, you know, not being mentally stable, getting into bad relationships, bad marriage, you know, Absolutely. bada being bada boom. 
but had a, maybe I had a better uh, education or something like that, had these podcasts, had these type of, you know, uh, a lot of these nonprofits are now starting to come out and things like that. These things would have been preached up or taught to us as we're getting out. Like, hey, hey, man, there, you know, if you guys are getting out, here's a way to go connect with some, you know, and have some camaraderie and keep that going. Uh, you don't have to lose it. You know, just because we get out doesn't mean we got to lose all that. Because well, it is tough, dude. We all go, yeah. all of us serve you together in try. one state, and then we go back to our own cities, our own states, and Absolutely. some of you it's miles and miles away. You lose you know? a sense right. of, of belonging to something. You lose that yeah. camaraderie. That camaraderie. Yeah, you just and, got done sitting there, shitting, shooting the shit with them all the time, telling them stories, giving them your life. You know, you know, telling them all your everything. I mean. It has probably some of the most intimate conversations with some of these people that you're day in, day out with. Absolutely. Because, you know, let's face it. I mean, after you go through high school and stuff like that, and you go through a whole set of different life things, you, 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 I, I've grown a lot closer with all the my military buddies because of all the things that we've gone through and now that we that have so much common. more in common and related yeah. to and and that's where I started growing out of some of the relationships with some of my friends, unfortunately, is because we had such a disconnect in our, where we, our thought processes were. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, uh, you know, the thing is, is, and especially when it comes to the nonprofits is follow through is, is so important. Say what you mean and mean what you say, you know, if, if you can't tell somebody or you can, but you don't mean it, you're incapable of doing it. Don't tell them you're going to do it because all you've done at that point is verified that nobody gives a shit. And that's not, then, but you're just going to, once again, this is why they have a lack of trust for people. Absolutely. So don't be another, hey, we're this great veteran organization and we're going to help you out. Absolutely. We're going to give you the fucking world. And then as soon as they get there, it, it, you know, it's just crickets and everything else. Yeah. And they're like, what, yeah. what happened, man? You said this and that. Uh, well, one day, one day, you know, like <laughs> that, that, that they don't need that. Man. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That one day they're looking for Every us now. You yeah, know what I mean? every one of our board, you can call any one of us, you could call our president, our vice president, our other two board of directors, or myself. You could call any of us at three in the morning, and you're going to get an answer. Probably more so from me, because I tell guys, call me, if you're battling at three in the morning, you call me and you don't fight alone. I put myself out there that way because that's that's the only thing that's going to make that impact. That's the only way that's going to keep the suicide deficit from you becoming a statistic. And so, you know, but I, I, I could guarantee you, if you call one of us and we don't answer, it's because we are incapable of doing it at the time. But you're going to get a phone call back. We will message you when you call. If we can't take the call and say, listen, I can't talk right now, but I'm going to call you. Just hang in there. 
unless this is an emergency. If this is an emergency, let me know. But, yep. you know, once again, if that's what you how you're going to put it out there, you better be willing to follow through. Yeah, but you're, you know, you got to walk the walk, talk the talk. I mean, absolutely. That's big, especially when you're dealing with the like a lot of these people who are seeking and looking for that that ledge or something to, to grab on. You know, don't be that slippery soap for them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They, they absolutely. need that. So you got to you know, and you know, if you're a nonprofit, don't make it about you. Yeah. You know, that's that's the one thing. You're probably that, in it for the wrong reason at that point. Absolutely. If you're in it about building a name and a reputation and it's not about the veteran, then you're in it for the wrong reason. Yeah. All that other stuff will take care of itself. Focus on the veteran at risk and deal with that individual. That's what's going to create a good reputation. And I think that's what's, you know, impacted the community for us is we say what we mean and we mean what we say. Our walk and our talk match up. So, Preach, so, like kind of run me through your guys' process when, you know, a veteran comes to you. And then kind of just just run us through what you what your service provides, what your nonprofit does in, in that. You know, it just, it depends on what they're coming for. You know, we just, number one, if, if you haven't come through an organization that, that we work with, you're coming on your own. We just, all you got to do is call us. And what we ask you to do is send us verification, send us, you know, a, a copy or a, a snapshot of your DD-214. So there's verification and then we'll have a conversation and we'll talk, you know, kind of a vetting process, you know, just to get to know each other and, you know, what's to be expected and what's not acceptable. Um, you know, because number one, we don't, we don't allow alcohol. We don't allow drugs, street drugs. I mean, that's not the answer. Um, you know, and, and we get that all settled in, we get it all worked out, what, what you're going to be doing. And, and then it's, you know, when you show up, Ms. J isn't a handshaker. She's going to hug you around the neck, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, for us, it's about family, you know, 100% about family. We want every veteran that comes through that door to understand that it that they have a family in Nebraska that cares, that's not going to turn their back on them, and that isn't going to judge them. And that's that's the key essentials right there is is those three right there, because that's what builds trust. And that's it takes so much to build trust, but all it takes is that one screw up of you not following through with your word. Yep. 100%. And it's ruined. And and you're you're not going to gain that trust back from a veteran. You're just not going to do it. Not easily anyway. You know, but so we, uh, you know, that first night that they're around, we have a Ms. J, of course, and her cooking, you know, so you better be on a diet for a couple weeks before you show up. Because <laughs> um, she's going to fatten you up. But, you know, it's just breaking bread and spending some time talking and fellowship and 
and just getting to know each other, you know, chewing on the fat, if you will, you know, and, you know, if we're hunting, you know, it's getting to bed, try to get there by nine because we're going to be up probably by three thirty, four o'clock so we can get that first crack of light. And then, uh, you know, it's just us sharing our testimonies, you know, what Jesus has done in our lives, you know, and, and I get it, you know, religion leaves a foul taste in everybody's mouth, which it should, because that isn't what Jesus wants. Jesus doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. He wants you to talk to him the way I'm talking to you right now, just to have conversation and be willing to open your heart to him. And, and that's what we do. We're just like, dude, you know, this is my story, B.C., before Christ, which when they hear my testimony of where I was before Christ and what we're doing now, they're like, dude, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, if you did ask Jay and I 15 years ago, it said that you guys are going to be involved in a ministry and preach is going to be a pastor. We'd have both said you fell and bumped your head because they that no no but you know it, it that god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called somebody that he can use to share the message that is an instrument and for whatever reason he chose me you know and, uh preach i'm uh, i'm kind of glad you said what you just said there sorry i'm kind of interrupting you uh because because no, no. something I always did, I, I ain't going to lie. I have, I was growing up as a Christian, all that stuff. Um, but man, when I would go to that church, I never felt so judged. I never, I mean, everything seemed extremely hypocritical to me where Absolutely. I had a lack of trust. You know what I mean? So it's come to the point of like where I started realizing, well, I'm falling victim to the world. You know, and, and I'm starting to fall victim to the man, a man leading me and not going by God. You know what I mean? So that's when I started that's and also looking it. and also looking at, man, religion's just another divisive measure to create division. It's a, yeah. you know, uh, you know, start pinning other religions against each other. Well, my religion's the right religion. No, well, my religion's the right one. Well, mine is. Well, I mean, good luck. There must be, I, I don't know, 20, 30, I don't know how many religions there are, but there's more than five of them, or you know what I mean? It's just, Absolutely. so tell me who's right, who's wrong. And I think you nailed it, man, that, that God doesn't want you to go find, you know, that it's church. Not, or it's, a, it's, yeah. it's about having that relationship, you know, and that yeah. is an important thing. And, 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 a lot of times what makes people turned off to it is, is they watch someone up there preaching this, doing this, and then they're not living by what they're saying, or they're just super hypocritical or it's spun well, out on their beliefs and what they yeah. believe in. Right. Yeah. And, and so I tell people, don't, don't get it twisted. You know, yes, I'm a pastor, but it's, it's what I do. It's not who I am. That isn't, that isn't what makes me who I am. I'm just a dude, really. And I struggle with sin the same way you do. 
Right. And who am I to judge you? I'm nobody. Yeah. Really. And and it's it's nobody's place to judge. You know, when I do speaking engagements, when we go to the, you know, to do these, you know, they want me to be on a stage and stand and, and I'm like, no, put a chair down on the floor in front of everybody. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, we're going to have a conversation. I'm not above anybody and I don't want to stand above anybody. I want to be eye level. I want to be on the same level as everybody else. Don't make me to be something I'm not. I'm just a dude. And that's great because a lot of times that's another thing when it comes to uh, certain religions is there is the ownership, not owning certain things, you know what I mean? And not being able to accept it. Like, oh, we don't judge people. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like if they're not wearing the right proper pairs of clothes or, you know, they don't got the right threads on or. Uh, they're not tithing a certain percentage, you know, you, you can't become part of the church, you know, yeah. it's just, wow. You, you know, know there's churches like, is this that, about that money you walk or into, if you got tattoos, they're just like, oh, yeah, they exactly. lose their minds. Well, right. that cast me out of that church. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, automatically, bro, I, you know, I always felt like I was getting stoned. Yeah. And it's you know, just it, like when 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 I needed were, people the most, I felt shunned it, by them. You know it's, what I mean? It's like Jesus said, "Ye who are without sin, cast the first stone." And when he's telling that, when he comes, and when that story is being told, it was in the midst of a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees that had caught a woman having extramarital. She was a prostitute, I believe. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were like, this woman, according to the law, she needs to be stoned. And Christ picks up a rock and he says, well, whichever one of you is sinless, cast that stone. <laughs> yeah. And nobody would take that stone. And the only person that was sinless at that during that whole time was Christ. And he dropped the stone. And he, he said, you know, I love you. Go and sin no more. You know, it it's that simple. If we would just be transparent with each other, quit trying to outdo each other, quit trying to make ourselves something we're not. Yep, these this mainstream week. mega churches are ruining stuff too, man. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you know, um, when I look at churches too, I look uh, at them as as a community center in a way where. They should be in a community outreach where if there's like a homeless surrounding, they should be out there helping, trying to help the homeless take their tithings. But, you know, you go there and you see like a bigger screen TV. They got all these, you know, crazy instruments. It looks like you're at a rock concert now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. outside you go around the corner and you got all these homeless people chilling, you know, and. We're out here with our. And, and why is and, that? You know, choo, choo, why are they choo, out? Choo, why know? aren't they invited to come into the church? Right. Yeah. And and, and oh oh, and they're not wearing the right proper clothes, or you know, right, they right. they got they look this way or they look that way. That's the part that has yeah. turned so many off. I mean, absolutely. You know, 
Absolutely. to that part of the fellowship of going and, and meeting people. Now you're like, good Lord, who can I trust here? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, who's, who's that one that's just here to like, Oh, look what they're wearing today. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing about our <laughs> home church. You know, our home church supports us, but you know, they are about impacting the community. You know, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, I mean, we deliver over, 200 250 meals to families in the valley in need same way at christmas you know i mean we we are an outreach and and that's what christ told us to do christ didn't tell us to go to church and sit in the pews and claim to be holier than thou you know what christ taxed us with is go out and make disciples of all nations well, you can't do that having your butt glued to a church pew. And that's where most people are comfortable is being a member of the frozen chosen. Now me, now I'd rather be out, you know, I'd rather you and me be out. And yeah, it's one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm going to get something accomplished when it's you and me. You know, I can share my story. I can be transparent with you. And, and, you don't, it's your choice whether you choose to be transparent with me or not, but you're going to get exact, you're, you're going to get who Chris Kness is. And that's where, you know, I would never make being a congregational pastor because being a pastor of a congregation, you have so many people that have placed you on this pedestal as being this spiritual leader. And it's like, who do you worship? Are you worshiping Jesus or are you worshiping this man? Man, right, yeah. You know, he's just teaching you. Don't, I mean, it's not about him. It's about you getting in your Bible, reading your Bible, getting to know who Jesus is, getting to know who God is, and, and building on that relationship, spending time in prayer. Spending time out in creation, talking to God like I'm talking to you right now and seeing things. You know, one of our board of directors, and I'm not going to put his name out there without talking to him first, but last year during deer season, we don't ever use our sanctuary property to hunt deer. It uh, It's just not something we do because we're trying to increase that population and and get some real nice mature bucks on it. But, uh, so the, this board member asked if I'd take him out there and just let him spend a day sitting and watching. I'm like, absolutely. I came back that night and he, I saw him walking through the woods at me and, and I opened my door and was getting ready to get out. And dude, he just wrapped his arms around me. I couldn't move. And I'm like, and he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm like, for what? He says, for me to witness God the way I witnessed him today just changed my whole aspect of things and the way I see things. And he said, I, you know, I saw five big mature mule deer buck, or whitetail bucks running through here and so many doe and, and ducks and geese and this and that and the other. And I said, you saw how many mature bucks? And he told me it was five or six. I said, 
well, you got a whitetail tag. Why don't you come out here and sit and take one of them? The only deer that's ever been shot off that property. And he shot a beautiful mature whitetail buck that I think he probably scored 160, 165, probably 200 pounds. I mean, just a monster wow. whitetail buck. And that changed that individual. The, the hunt didn't, but the precursor to the hunt is what changed him. And, and it was, a, it was an amazing change. It was amazing to see how God used that day and, and how it, it changed um, this individual's life. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing to be a witness to it. And so, you know, I, I guess my point being is a lot of healing can take place out in the woods or up on a ridge or, or even, you know, just sitting on a front porch with a cup of coffee and talking to somebody that knows what they're talking about and that cares. Yeah. You'll be surprised how much just going out and listening to the nature sounds will help the mental oh. health. I mean, I know when I'm at my worst times, I like to go by a running little Creek that we have up by us and just go listen to the water running and the birds chirp. And then, have that time of being able to just take off my shoes and kind of become one with the, you know, the ground and just, you know, yeah. Take the phone, move it away from me, get yeah. it out of my hands. Well, and, and you said it right there. That's the other part. That's the, the, the quintessential part to this whole process is unplugging from society, yeah. unplugging from, from all the garbage because all this stress in our ears, you know, it's just like, and we tell our guys, do yourself a favor, shut that thing off unless you're going to talk to your, your family. But I encourage now, you to go ahead. Now, do you think that adding the cell phones and making them the way that they're so accessible to absolutely everything has induced stress into our culture? more than it ever has before because now you have so many other things to be focused on or stressed out like oh my gosh so and so didn't text me or or you know all these things i feel like since they've added the phone our 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 youth mental health has has gone uh way higher and i don't know if it's because they have more access to adult stuff and it's inducing stress or I don't know, but I feel like the cell phone itself does add a lot of stress. And when you disconnect yourself from it for a moment, you can kind of feel yourself like, wow, I know my wife gave up social media on some platforms for a while, like Facebook and all this stuff. Her mental health got better <laughs> because well, she's an empath, you know, sure. as well. Well, I think what happens is it's a gateway, right? I mean, so scripture tells us that, that the, what we battle are principalities um, and, and, and such. And, and so the, they, they're the rulers of this world. And, and so, you know, it's as a pastor, it's hard enough to get people to, 
to believe in angels, but to get them to believe in that there really are demons out there, that there is a spirit realm that exists that we are not capable or even allowed to see because if you saw it, quite honestly, whatever we went through during war times would be cake compared to what's going on in the spirit realm. So I think a lot of it opens up doorways for the enemy to enter into your life and impact you. Because, I mean, think about it. When you and I were kids, how did we, how did we get, how did we look at boobies? Yeah. Playboy, right? Yeah. yeah. Today, anybody that knows how to operate Google, that free porn's oh free everywhere you yeah. go. Right. You know, on the internet, you can find any way to make any concoction. Anything that is negative, you can be found on the internet and is accessible to anybody. Yeah, 100%. When you and I were growing up, it wasn't like that. No. We weren't worried about the crap that the these kids worry about today. And that's why the military can't find quality individuals to join the military today. Well, that's what scares me. Is there going to be so many kids that have seen mental doctors in their while they're, you know, in school and now you have all these kids that have had or that are diagnosed with anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, all these things. Now, are we going to be able to have a military or they're going to end up having to have all kinds of uh, more types of uh, what's it called uh, to let everybody in, man? The waivers. You know what I mean? Well, even the waivers doesn't work. I mean, think about yeah. it. You know, when I, you and I went through basic, I mean, it was nothing for your T.I. to come up and slam the bill of his hat off that bridge of your nose. <laughs> right. You know, a T.I. does that today. And I mean, these kids are pulling their red card out saying, oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's like, what is oh, a yeah. red card? My, my yeah. drone instructor, he popped me right in the, the ear and grabbed me in by my ear and pulled me to the middle of the squad paint, man. I mean, it was a lot more hands on. Yeah. Uh, but how else be that could way now. break, you know, how else could they break that mentality of entitlement and, yeah. you know, well, uh, and our enemies are nice, you know. Our no. enemy, our enemy ain't nice, you know. And part of no. being in boot camp is is learning how to deal with, yeah, absolutely, you know, the most. Because I mean, what do you think when you know when you get caught by the bad guys? You think they're just gonna be over here giving you some lollipops and and what? You, what you what's your favorite show? Card. What's your favorite show you want? You know, you show yeah. them that you, red card. You oh, got you a stress card? You, got, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. No, nah, so, yeah, I it's mean, you know, and, and it's that's what I and I think that's what separates these big city kids from these Midwest, the Midwest culture is because you know, especially these kids that, that are that grow up on ranches and farming in, in these rural areas because they don't have time to sit in front of a video game or to be on their phone. They've got things to do to keep that farm or ranch up and going. You know, they might get Saturday night or if they're in sports, get Friday night. 
But other than that, they're working. That's the way it was with me. Well, now I'm starting to see them on TikTok, man. Oh, yeah. You know, because (laughs) they're ranching on TikTok now. I mean, because. Well, and the other side of it is now these kids are getting good enough at playing these games. They can go on YouTube and play games on YouTube and get paid for people watching them to play games. Uh, Yeah, I know. And now, well, then that gives everybody that impression. So these kids are like, you telling me? I could play Call of Duty all day long and make money? What? Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, man. It doesn't work that way for everybody. Yes, there yeah. are those people out there that get it, but I'm going to ask them how long it took them to get there. But, yeah, some of these things are really, I think, giving our our kids or our, 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 our future generations a little bit of a false narrative. And, and some of them are. But that's what the enemy wants. Right. If he can infiltrate their minds yeah. at a young age. Right. You know, I mean, I can remember when we first started um, our ministry, we were working with an organization that was nothing but tier one operators that were still active. And through social media, we weren't allowed to share anything. And that's why for so long last year, when we ended up at Hero Stock, 95% 95% of the people that were there were like, where are you guys from? And we're like, Nebraska. And they're like, why haven't we ever heard of you? And so then you share with them, this is why. And they're like, man, I wish I'd have known about you three years ago. So that's what, you know, after Hero stock last year, you know, and, and hooking up with Steiner and, and, uh, and Jesse, you know, we came to the decision, it's time to impact our Nebraska veterans, you know, and, and you know, try to, to make as much of an impact on them as we have, you know, the, the veterans from across this country. Now, don't get me wrong and get it twisted. We aren't, we have, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You know, out of those 315, we've lost two that, made me physically ill to have to to say that you know that they didn't reach out to us you know and the hardest thing to do is to stare that family in the face and say there's nothing you could have done well i never saw it coming he never said it. he didn't want he he was done crying out for help when they go off and, and you never saw it coming, they were done crying for help. They were they were they didn't want to be stopped. And so that's the part that is that's a burden that, that I think nonprofits need to realize. And they kind of got to carry that and they've got to be willing to carry that. You know, this isn't fun and games, what we're doing. This is spiritual warfare that we're engaged in every single day. So, absolutely. You know, from that standpoint, you know, it's (laughs) we, we as a ministry this year, ever since we committed to this equine therapy program, um, We've been under attack. I mean, two of our our, uh, board members um, 
had divorces. Mm. Our next youngest daughter was taken from us. Um, shortly after that, three, maybe four weeks after that, I'm in Colorado having emergency surgery because I'm going through internal organs shut down. And so, you know, um, when you get attacked, you get attacked, man. Yeah. And so I use that as encouragement though, because if we weren't making a difference in impacting lives, the enemy wouldn't give two squirts about us. But when he's coming after us because we are impacting lives, you know, that's that's when you that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Um, you know, and and so, you know, I tell our team that, you know, stay focused and stay ready. You know, and, and when I say ready, I mean battle ready. I mean, you better be prepared to strap it on every morning and get, you know, if you're going to dance with the devil, you better be wearing the right boots. That's all I got to say. Right. You know, and, and thank goodness that, you know, God was, had me in the palm of his hands, you know, because I told my wife, I said, go home and get some sleep. They got to take me to Colorado. Well, it well to start off, it, it what it was was they come in and said you got to have surgery, and I'm like, so is there any way that diet and you know medication can deal with this? Because I I don't have time for surgery. I don't have you know, <laughs> and uh, and the surgeon looks at me and he says, Mister Kness, what is it you do for a living? I said I'm a pastor. He said, all right, you just made this real easy for me. If you don't have surgery, you're going to die. And my wife and I I just kind of went. And so I'm like, okay, Jay. Well, you know, even that, even finding out what was going on, that wasn't the easiest thing either because we couldn't find a transport to take me from our hospital in Nebraska to Loveland, Colorado. All of the... um, the both flight to flight for life units were out of commission. No, none of the local ambulances could do it. So it took an ambulance crew from 60 miles away or 45 miles away, I guess maybe to come down, pick me up and say, yeah, we'll take him to Colorado. And so they were on their way. I told my wife, I said, Jay, go home and get some sleep. I said, because, you're, you won't be able to make it. You, we've been up since 4.30 this morning. It's now, I think the, the ambulance ended up getting there. So it was 3.30 in the morning the following day. So we'd almost been up for 24 hours. I said, go home and catch a few weeks. And uh, she's like, all right. Well, thank goodness our sister-in-law said she'd come with because she drove. But... uh You know, I never, that whole time, I never felt any anxiety. I was never worried. I, you know, just, I was calm. And, and I told God, I said, you know, if this is, if this is the final curtain, just let me say goodbye to my wife and I'm good with it. Take me home. So I never, I never felt that anxiety of I'm, I'm dying. And, uh, you know, they took me into surgery like it. I want to say it was about 10, 1030 in the morning, that following morning. 
and uh, the, la- the next thing I remember, it's 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, you know, I've got, I had four pretty good gashes in me from where they had to operate. But I never had any pain. You know, they kept wanting to give me pain medication. I'm like, I don't need it. I said, what I'd like is some D because I'm starving to death. I'm a big <laughs> fella. They're like, we can't get you any food until, you know, the the surgeon tells us what the diet is. And it was 830 that night before he come in and he's like, get, you know, he's looking good. He's doing good. If he isn't in any pain and isn't on pain meds, let him eat. And so, you know, and I didn't overdo it. I think I did some jello and some pudding and, and an ice pop or something like that and a cup of coffee. Um, and that next morning I, I ordered a full breakfast and they come in and they were like, how are you feeling? I said, fine. Do you need any pain meds? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm ready to go home. And they're like, well, have you had, you know, done this, this, this X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yeah, I've done them two or three times. And they were like, did you have surgery yesterday? I'm like, absolutely. Trust me. You want to see this, the puncture wounds? It looked like I'd been shanked. And uh, they were like, we've never seen anybody go through this surgery and come out on the other side in the shape that you're in. And they're like, we'll see, we'll get the release papers ready and you can go home today. So, I mean, I was, I was in the hospital on Sunday, surgery Monday and home Tuesday. Now I'm still on light duty because you know, the, you know, the, the wounds from surgery, they don't want me to get a hernia or something. So I'm still on light duty, but you know, it's like, everybody's like, we can't, you don't even look like you've ever had surgery. And I'm like, it's the grace of God. I'm telling you when you're, when he's got his hand on you and you're in his will, it's, it's amazing what happens and doesn't happen. You've just got to be willing to submit your life to him and say, use me. Right. And he will. It's the most dangerous prayer you can pray is use me to your full access. And uh, he will. And, you know, hence do Southfitters ministry was, was born. And, and here we are eight years later, you know, and 315 wow. veterans later, you know, so, you know, it's just about, it's about caring, being a servant and being willing to be selfless, you know, just no different than what it was when you were active. It takes a selfless act to join the military because you are willing to lay your life on the line for somebody that you don't even know. The only other person that's done that besides the American soldier is Jesus Christ. And he died for us before he even knew who we were. So, you know, it just takes a selfless act of saying your life matters to me and I'm not going to let you take it, take your own life because that's, you are so priceless, not just to me, but to God. And neither one of us want to see you struggle with this. So let us help you, you know, just let us in. 
That's great, man. I uh, so how do you guys get funded and stuff like that, or you know, how can people help out and uh, you know, donate money? We're a hundred percent donation based. Okay. We're a hundred percent donation based. We uh, right now we have uh, we're set up through PayPal, um, and it's under Deuce Outfitters, um, which it's scrolling on the bottom of the screen. Um, you can go to our website and it'll say donate now. And I think it's on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, but, um, you know, we're a 501 C three, so it's completely tax deductible. Um, and, and which is, you know, that, that's a benefit to you. Um, we are getting ready to, we're going to try to use, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Steiner was telling me about it. Something about butter, um, but it's an application that a lot that it's an app that you download that yet will use any funding platform like Venmo, PayPal, any Cash App, any of those that are out there. It'll use they're all within this one site. It sounds like but, a link uh, tree, but for like payments. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't remember give butter is what it's called. That's the name of the site. Give butter that we're looking at, at implementing, but PayPal is, is what we're using right now, or miss J has cash app. Um, but the, the, by using PayPal, you, you get a, they track it and it's a little more official than what a cash app is. So um, yeah, we're hundred percent donation based. You know, we bring these veterans in um we provide their meals um lodging is available if they want to use our lodging and as soon as they get here we reimburse them for their hunt licenses and tags so the only expense that they have is um their travel expense and that you know all they got to do is get here and they're going to get money back so they can get back home you know, and, and while they're here, you know, before they head home, they get a full size Bible and and we just we just encourage them to work on that relationship with Jesus. You know, it's uh it's a free gift, you know, and it was kind of funny, it's kinda of like your free stickers. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so Good but uh, you know, it's just it's just about caring about being selfless and caring about something other than yourself, wanting to impact <laughs> something beside yourself. So. Yeah. Well, preach, man, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us and sharing your, you know, your story, your experiences, what you guys got going on now. Is there anything that you, that you maybe forgot to talk about? Any last moment words you want to say to anybody out there? So October 7th, we're having our gala event. And uh, we're going to have, Hooves is going to do a, a, they're going to be available and they're doing a presentation. Mantle's Wild Horse Ranch is going to be giving a presentation. And uh, potentially, if things work out, Brian Talley is going to be our guest speaker. Um. You know, it's we we should have had this if we'd have been thinking we'd have had this uh, equine therapy program up and going two years ago. 
because there is such a need for it. And, and we're in a position now where, you know, this needs to happen yesterday because every day that we aren't up and going, we have veterans that are taking their own lives and we're missing veterans because there's veterans that don't care about art and there's veterans out there that don't care if they ever touch a gun again, let alone take the life of something again. Yeah. So, you know, that leaves us with the alternative, which is the equine healing program, which we've got to have the facility, which is, you know, phenomenal. Um, I think if you watched, uh, I think it was contagion. I think those guys brought up the facility and showed it yeah, when we were talking. I think they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got an indoor arena, an outdoor arena. Um, it'll house, I believe, 18 horses. Um, it's got 110 acres. We can use it for dual purposes um, because we can actually use it to hunt minus long gun hunting. I don't ever want to use it to use long guns. Um, and it'll allow us to sleep. I think we figured, um, between 12 to, to 15 individuals at any given time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's important, you know, and the track record is there and it exists for how equine healing has affected the veterans and in dealing with post-war affliction that, that often leads to suicide. And so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I mean, it's, it's a tax deductible gift and you're giving to a super awesome cause because our money goes right back into the program. Jay and I haven't taken a paycheck in seven years, eight years now. You know, it's just the food that's on our back comes from our endorsements. And, you know, there are individuals that do support Jay and I personally. But as far as, you know, taking from the ministry, all the money goes back into the ministry. So we can provide the types and, you know, the quality of meals we provide and and we can reimburse them for the the reimbursements happen for the tags and licenses and you know, it's just, it's all about the veteran. It's not about any one of us. That's great, man. I really love what you guys got going on. And, uh, you know, adding that equestrian is going to be a whole nother addition, like you said, you know, to help others. And we need these different things, you know, because you kind of hit it up, you know, not everybody likes to do this or likes to do that. But if we give every everybody that likes something an opportunity to go do it, I mean, how Absolutely. awesome is that? You know what I mean? So, well, and, and the I, thing I, is, I've just actually heard about something for uh, skateboarders for guys that like to skateboard. I was like, what? That's crazy! Yeah. No shit. I mean, well, you know, the thing is, and, and what's so cool about grassroots nonprofits is you deal with the people that you're talking to. You aren't dealing with one person over here to show up over here and deal with this person. You know, if, if you call either me or my board of directors and, and we're having conversation and setting up trips and, 
And, you know, even with property owners, you know, that donate their properties to us to use, because that's the other thing. All the properties that we hunt are private properties that have been donated to us by individuals that want to help make an impact. So these, our guests are never stamping foot on public hunting lands and being at risk. They're always in a controlled environment, you know, as much as can be, you know, considering weapons are involved, but, you know, it, uh, it's just about people being willing to serve a greater cause in themselves. And so we never, ever wanted money to be an issue of why a veteran isn't seeking help. And, and so that's why we're set up the way that we are, you know, and, and quite honestly, Ms. J, her name has kind of circulated through the veteran community because of her sweet tea and her biscuits. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, Ooh. the guys love her food and, and she is such a warm personality. And, you know, I think, I think that a lot of these veterans get that sisterly or motherly feeling from her, which is great. You know, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to deliver is that sense of family and that sense of belonging and that sense of tribe, you know, belonging to something that, you know, you're once you like, like I, I've told every podcaster that I visited with, you know, B, you are now part of our family moving forward. You know, if you're in a bad place at three in the morning, your time, which is four in the morning, my time, call me. I don't want Same. you going through battle alone, yep. but you're always welcome. You know, always, you're always welcome here. And, you know, they, we got we got veterans that come back just to help volunteer and want to impact lives with us. And That's so, great. you know, it's just about belonging to something, once again, that's bigger than yourself and you're able to impact lives in a positive manner. I love it, man. I love what you guys are doing and uh, keep going. And uh, I know we're going to keep hearing and seeing great things from you. Preach, this isn't going to be the only time I'm going to have you on. I'm definitely going to have you on for a round two. And because we're, awesome. I, I, I imagine you're going to have some great news for us here in the near future. So, I'm hoping, you know, if it you know, falls within God's will and and uh, we find those angel donors that, that want to make an impact and, and uh, support a. Like I said, you know, it's mom and pa operations, honestly, are the way to go because the people don't get lost in the mix of things. They don't get lost in because personal relationships are built. And that's where impact is made is through personal relationships, not going through a program where somebody's talking at you and not talking with you. Yep. And that's what makes a lot of these nonprofits, especially the mom and pa ones like you're talking about, so much greater because of the personal relationship that you guys are able to develop with these people. And they don't just feel like another number, you know, going through the system type deal. Yeah. So that's what that's a great thing. If I didn't know that people were going to ask me about numbers, I would never keep track. But inevitably, every conversation you have, 
that's one of the first questions that gets asked is, how many veterans have you served? I don't know why, but, you know, that's what everybody wants to know. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I got to keep track of that, which I don't mind. You know, I don't wear it as a feather, um, but it lets people know that what we're doing is making a difference and people are seeking us out and which in itself is a testimony. So. All right. All right. Well, shoot, man. I appreciate you. Like I said, for coming on. I uh, hope you have an amazing day, amazing weekend. Um, I will be in touch with you. This isn't just a podcast relationship, brother. We are now, like you said, family. I feel the exact same way. Because you're uh, coming out for hero stock. Damn right, man. Damn right. Man, I can't wait. I'm going to make a visit out in Nebraska. Nebraska is, is, are they ready for Mr. Brian Roof? I don't don't know. know We are, man. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know, man. (laughs) Well, hey, they're about to see me shine in Nebraska. (laughs) Well, dude, I can't wait. wait. You probably better bring one of them whiplash cuffs because after Miss J's done hugging your neck, you're probably going to need it. It's okay. You know what? I'm 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 like totally built for hugging because I'm a big ass hugger myself. So yeah, I hope absolutely. you guys are ready for my bear hugs. You know yes, what I mean? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell be squeezing her the life out of you guys too. Chiropractor this week. No, Ruff's gonna be here. Yeah, Mister Roof is coming. <laughs> yeah, Mister B is gonna be here. Uh, all right, Preachwell man, I really enjoyed our conversation and and having you on. You're a great guy, and uh, I appreciate you. Man, I you that. are a leader amongst men. And uh, we appreciate you, brother. I'm just a dude, really. I, <laughs> I'm i nothing spectacular or special. I'm just a man that, that wants to to make a difference and, and impact lives in a manner that, that lives deserve and need to be impacted. Well, I love you for it, brother. Love and you uh, too, bro. Don't yeah, be a man, stranger. Just, no, absolutely not. And I can't wait to see you in person. But uh, go ahead and hold tight. Make sure we got our recording, and uh, I'll be back there with you in a second. But thanks again, Preach. Absolutely, bro. You have a great evening. You too, brother. All right, friends and family, that was a great interview. Preach is a great guy. If you guys can, go check out and support Deuce Outfitter Ministry. Uh, They can use all the support. They're doing great things, helping veterans with mental health. Um, so let's help them as well. So until next time, friends and fam, Arr.